Welcome to Max Volume, where we deliver loud takes feeling desperate. I'm your host, Maxwell Lewis Sanders, and this is episode 98. For those new listeners out there, Max Volume is a podcast that worships at the altar of pop culture, a place where the silly and inane are of the utmost importance. It's a pod where we discuss heavy topics like Gordon Gekko suspenders, Iceman's frosted tips, and Bane's leg day routine at the gym. No quote too minor, no side plot too small. There's a pod for the TV geeks and movie freaks. So welcome all weary travelers. Your boredom ends here. So no observations today. It is cage match Friday. Is it Friday? I've lost track of days, Andrew. What, what day are we doing? I, I think last week I coined this cage match Mondays, but with our busy lives, there's no way we're ever going to get these on a Monday. I'm just, you know, it's funny. It's like people always say like, oh, you must be busy or something. I'm not busy at all. I don't have, I don't have anything going on. It's like, oh, I don't want to interrupt your schedule. It's like, I don't have anything I, I'm doing except occasionally reviewing a, a Nick Cage podcast with my friend in Boston. And that's about it. Um, yeah, so cage cage match. Just cage match? I don't know. Yeah, a nickel of cage, save yeah. nine or something like that. I don't know. We're working progress. We got two years to get this done. Yeah, <laughs> we have 106 <laughs> movie titles and we're on number six? Six or seven, yeah. Yeah, we're slowly chugging through. One day we're going to look up. It's going to be like, oh my God, we're at 98. Oh my God, we just did jujitsu. <laughs> yeah, and we can do like voice work stuff too. He's in, God, he's in Teen Titans as a voiceover, I think. Yeah, I mean, we could do some TV run-throughs, right? Yeah, I'm sure he has TV guest cameos. I mean, we could do this forever. And, he's, and the beauty is he's got to keep making six or seven movies a year until he's dead. Yeah, he has so. to, to. To, what, fund his octopus and his pyramid? <laughs> his pyramids and his dinosaur eggs and, you know, his rocket ships. I mean, the dude's a Looney Tune, and that's why we love him. And I think this movie, out of the ones we've seen so far, is the most Looney Tune performance I've seen. It's, it really is. It's 1994's Trapped in Paradise, which I didn't know. Did you know this existed? How did you find this? Um, so we're big into Christmas movies here in the Stefan household. So I, I try to find all the Christmas films um, from Thanksgiving to Christmas, obviously. So what are, uh, your top, what are your top three Christmas movies? Just quickly. Top three, Christmas Vacation, Scrooged, and geez, I don't know what the third one would even be. You're missing the big one, buddy. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. No! A Christmas story, Red Rifle. Story, all right. <laughs> yeah, come on. No. You were two for three. I was so proud of you. And then, actually, I think Rocky Four is my favorite Christmas movie. You consider? Do you consider that a Christmas movie? Uh, it's actually not in my uh, Christmas collection. Ah, but actually, Die, 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 Die Hard and Batman. Those are the two yeah. non-traditionals. Trading Places too. Trading Places is way up there for me. Oh, yes. But this was actually a cute. The Christmasness of this movie was cute. The rest of the movie is garbage. So I really enjoyed the Christmasness of it. Did you watch it with your wife and like hold each other and drink eggnog or what? <laughs> no, but we did laugh. <laughs> oh, you watched it together? That's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you yeah, watch yeah. the Cage movies with her every time? Yeah, she joins me. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, cute. Our Saturday or Sunday night date. Okay, cool. I want to hear her ranking of what we've watched so far. I want to know what a female she perspective loved, on Cage. She loved Moonstruck. Yeah, that's obvious. That's yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what I learned actually? The writer of Moonstruck just finished a movie about what John Hamm is starring in in Ireland that's supposed to be super cute whoa yeah right so I mean little connection little Nick Cage connection so made me happy but let's talk about this garbage fire of a movie uh so residents of a small friendly town in Pennsylvania foil three brothers who are planning to rob a bank on Christmas Eve that's it (laughs) okay so you said foiled their plans to rob a bank I don't think their plans were foiled were they like accidentally, they're doing it nicely. Yeah. I mean, like, they, got, they got away with it. They robbed the bank. <laughs> Did they get the money at the end? At the very end, before they gave it to the church. 
Yeah, but they gave it to the church. Oh, we're, we're ruining it, though, first. All right, let's start with the characters. It's these three brothers. It's the Furpo brothers. Terrible last name. I think you're, it's supposed to be goofy last names, so you're not supposed to take them seriously. Do you feel that vibe? Yeah, I mean, we went through um, some Nick Cage names early on. Caster Troy, Cameron Poe. This Bill, what, or Dave Furpo? Bill no, he's Furpo. Bill. Bill Furpo. Bill, Bill Furpo is terrible. That's really bad. It yeah. sounds like you're having indigestion and your stomach's like, Bill <laughs> Furpo. It's like gross. <laughs> he, he doesn't look like a Bill Furpo, does he? He doesn't look like a Bill, no. No. Who looks like, like a Bill? I guess Bill Belichick, Bill Parcells. You kind of got to be like, like Charlie, Charlie Weiss looks like a Bill. Yeah. <laughs> so... It's these three brothers. Nick Cage is Bill Furpo trying to do right. You know, he's working a good job, trying to be on the even path. And his two sleazeball brothers, Dave and Alvin, uh, are just getting out of jail. And they seem to be criminals to their core. And yeah. it's about their kind of emotional connection with each other and how they, the other two brothers really bring Bill down back to stealing. Yeah, Dave Furpo played by John Lovitz and Alvin played by Dana. Dana actually looks like an Alvin. Now that we're talking about it. Yeah, I mean, he could, pro- he could probably, I mean, Dana Carvey, but he could probably do the Alvin voice from Alvin and the Chipmunks. I think that's why it fits. Yeah, maybe that's why they even gave him the name. Yeah. Um, I, I really like John Lovett's character in this in this movie, Dave Furpo. Is John Lovett's acting? Like, he's just the same guy in every movie, just scummy. Do you find him charming? I find him just so sleazy. Yeah, I think he's just having fun. I, I think man. he's having a lot of fun in anything that he does. So I kind of grew up with Rat Race on TV. Oh, I do like Rat Race. Late it's yeah. Yeah, so John Lovitz on the TV every Saturday watching Rat Race, so. <laughs> yeah, but he is a garbage actor, I think we can agree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, he doesn't act. He's just himself. He's he one character. He is in City Slickers, too, which is god-awful. Yeah, but the thing is, the interesting thing is he's conning people this entire movie. Like, he's tricking his mom to letting Bill take them to Pennsylvania so they can rob the bank. He's conning the criminal board to let them out of jail early but wait hang his... on the, the pterodactyl speech it's the worst speech of all time oh, it's hilarious <laughs> if that was a high school football speech as a coach the team would go out and lose 98 to nothing it was awful and the thing that bothers me about john lovitz in general is you're supposed to be you're supposed to think he's charming enough to get by as being sleazy but he just comes off as sleazy right away yeah, never, never charming. Yeah, he just feels has that like 15th century gypsy, I'm going to steal your wallet while trying to smooth talk you and it's blatantly obvious what I'm doing kind of thing. But he's good at it. He is. He's got that voice. It's like, yeah, I'm John Lovitz. Yeah, right? Can you do it, John Lovitz? That's the ticket. I don't there know. You go. <laughs> it's, it's okay. So Dana Carvey is the opposite though. He's the man of a million voices. And for some reason he decided to be the I'm walking here Jersey guy the entire time and it took me out of the movie entirely yeah it's weird they're that i think they all had different accents throughout the movie i mean nick i mean bill furpo nick cage's character is all over the map it changes every scene yeah sometimes it sounds like moonstruck like where he's doing the like thick italian brooklyn thing and then he has his normal kind of stockbroker voice and then he starts screaming and yelling at different octaves and different accents it's bizarre he only yells at his brothers though Yeah, but there's a lot of yelling at them because they're just stupid. <laughs> so is he changing his accents on purpose or is just him being Nick Cage? Is he changing it basically for this movie? Like, does he change it during different scenes when he's talking to different people? So I think just no one cared about this movie. Like, it became pretty yeah. evident when they got on on set. George Gallo, the guy who was the writer and director, yep. he also, but crazy, he wrote Bad Boys and Midnight Run. Yeah, I, I read that. I, I've never seen Midnight Run. 
Oh, so good. It's like the start of the criminal getting taken by the hard ass cop and like their kind of banter. And it's like the start of the modern action movie, uh, like buddy road trip movie. Yeah. Gotta see it. Robert De Niro. Oh yeah. And Charles Grodin. But uh, so he's got some chops, but apparently he kind of checked out on this movie. He didn't care. I don't know if there was personal problems or something, but apparently he didn't even direct much. Yeah, I guess Cage did a lot of the directing. Gallo didn't give much direction at all. Yeah, and John Lovitz was like, no one cared about this movie. It was trapped in a terrible paradise, basically. Everyone was just, I I think everyone just mailed it in. (laughs) Yeah, they they coined it trapped in bullshit while they were making the film. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't want to say it, but okay, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, it's okay. No, my dad just gets upset when I swear on my podcast. So it's okay, you did it and you're a terrible influence, but I won't be dragged down to your level. But yeah, so this is just a garbage movie (laughs) but is it is it really garbage i think it was funny it was funny the entire time you were enthralled with it i I laughed yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean i guess i mean it's just so on the nose like when you have the career criminal that's a kleptomaniac and alvin he's literally stealing he can't help himself he's literally just like stealing baby ruth's and like stealing pens from the bank yeah, necklaces from the parole board. I mean, how did he how did you pull that one off? And he's not very conspicuous about it either. No, no, he's when he's sh- no, he's just shoving things in his pockets. <laughs> it is kind of fun. Like, are you fun- laughing? Come on. Yeah, I guess it's it's that slapstick Looney Tunes Roadrunner kind of vibe to it, you know? Well, it's SNL. It's Lovitz and Carvey coming off of their SNL run, still in that mindset, giving this that performance to this movie. Yeah, I guess, but I, I think there's more subdued, like there's Will Ferrell version of post-SNL or there's so, Mike Myers. Yeah. So I, I actually was going to ask you, would this have been better with different SNL members? Like if Adam Sandler and or Phil Hartman were in here. Oh man, if Am- Adam Sandler was Bill Furpo just yelling all the time, yeah. I would be like, Adam, Adam Sandler is my favorite when he's yelling, like, you know, in his psychotic sociopath way. I think Adam Sandler is Bill Furpo, but then I would, don't have Nicolas Cage and we wouldn't be able to talk about it. Exactly. But so maybe who, Nick Cage, if Adam Sandler played Dana Carvey's character. Ooh, yeah, kind of like a whoopee-dee-doo. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> okay, that could work. I think just Dana Carvey's a terrible actor. Like, I love him as a comedian. I've seen him live. He's unbelievable. He, his comedy hours are the funniest things I've ever seen. He's not meant for the silver screen. Yeah, I think he tried way too hard in this movie. Has he ever done, had a success, successful movie? I mean, Wayne's World, but that's about it. What's that other one? Master of Disguise? That's a terrible movie. No, that's <laughs> not know. a success. I know. Wayne's World. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So they rob a bank. And it's, is this the worst bank robbery in the history of bank robbers? Well, the, the 80-year-old security guard is asleep. Yep. There's no surveillance camera. Correct. I found it very, uh, I don't know. It's not even heartwarming or what no when when they when they go over to the restaurant across the street yeah the bank manager and they <laughs> escort the entire restaurant over to the bank i have never seen that before actually <laughs> like during a bank robbery moving the entire bank robbery to one location and then back that was yeah, it's funny <laughs> it's got to be the dumbest bank robbery in history <laughs> it's pretty bad only for what two hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. yeah is it worth it at that point but i think i think the general consensus is you get the idea that dave and alvin just love stealing like once yeah. they're done with this, they're going to come up with another another scheme to, to rob someone else. And why was there an arsenal of weapons in the trunk of that car? Well, because they were prepared. They were ready for it. They were like, they had this planned out from jail. Oh, okay, that was their car. Okay. 
Yeah, because remember in jail, they got they heard about this bank from the big shot guy in jail there whose yeah. daughter works at the bank, Sarah. Yeah. And so it, it was pretty clear because they had the letter that they gave their mom of the sad story about why they needed to go to Paradise, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And they had two copies of it. So they were ready when uh, when Bill was going to throw out the first letter. <laughs> I have another one for your perusal. <laughs> <laughs> God so bad but i it is charming like, i am laughing I, it's a good bad movie um what about some of the other characters well i was I surprised- like, uh, donald uh, richard jenkins right yeah that's the dad yeah, that, from stepbrothers right he's a that guy yes he is he's a that guy but he'll always be dr dobak who's that we kind of right? joke about john c mcginley like who the hell is john c mcginley it's oh it's dr cox Okay, I thought, you were, I, thought, I thought you were saying John C. Riley, and I was like, I know oh, John C. McGinley. No, 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 no. No, Richard, Richard Jenkins is always Dr. Dobag. Yeah, that's true. No, maybe, maybe. I don't, I didn't know who Dr. Do. It took me a minute to think Dr. Dobag, so I'm not sure. Oh, okay, yeah. But yep. is John C. McGinley a that guy, though? Because you think about Platoon, Seven, Set It Off. I mean, he, yeah, he's got some serious, you know, cred. But I get it that he's kind of quintessentially Dr. Cox. And everyone yeah. knows the name too. Oh, and also Office Space. Dr. Cox. <laughs> what is it you say you do here? <laughs> By the oh, way, yeah. so when the guy escapes prison who wants to go after them for robbing his bank, how easy is it to escape prison? He seemed like he just wanted to leave and he left. Yeah. Because like, they, they opened the door for him. He was robbed. Yeah, yeah, right. They just took off. They don't show his escape at all. Yeah. So I feel like this movie could have been, I think the action just wasn't filmed very well because like, you know, there's rowboating, there's almost a horse death with a carriage and a horse chase. Like, if it was filmed better, I feel like it could have been more fun. I'll never forget you, Merlin. <laughs> I don't, how do they film a horse almost cracking under the ice with a carriage next to it? Like, how do they do that and PETA doesn't like sue the hell out of them? 1994. I, don't I guess that seems somewhat recent, though. <laughs> I don't know. I was like six. Yeah. But the writing of this movie is really strange, though. It's like, why is Alvin obsessed with creamy foods for no reason oh, i didn't catch that what remember he he like either when he's at his mom's house he keeps pouring on the saw the cream corn oh, oh and then when he's at dinner with the gravy yeah the giblet gravy giblet and then gravy. Oh, he's yeah. eating scrabble at the restaurant too he's like it's got scallions, <laughs> scallions. <laughs> like it was a really strange choice to just make him obsessed with gooey foods yeah this this movie didn't do well um made six million oh, bucks right six million in the box office what did it cost I, I looked all over the internets for this budget. I have no idea. The internets, plural internets? Internets. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I went to like the fourth or fifth page of Google and I could not find the budget. Interesting. Wow. No. Um, I was going to say something. Yeah. So the box office, it fell behind the Lion King, which was already in its seventh or eighth week in the box Lion King's office. a monster. Well, yeah, but still to come in seventh for the week. Yeah. By the way, 1994, do you know how many movies Nick Cage had out during 1994? Three or four of them, right? He did four. three movies in a documentary? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Just churning them out. Churning them out, yeah. <laughs> so have you seen yeah. If It Could Happen to You? I have not. It's adorable. Like, you and your wife will cry. It's cute. It's about a cop, like a good cop, who doesn't have a, enough money for a tip for a waitress. And he's like, I'll give you half my lottery winnings if we win. And he wins it. And he's married and he falls in love with the waitress, though. It's very cute. Rosie Perez, Bridget Fonda. I like it already. Yeah. 
Very adorable. I saw that when I was like little and I even thought that was cute. So, and if I saw this movie when I was little, I'd probably have a soft spot in my heart for it. Like I get why like the user reviews seem pretty high on it. So it's, and it's a lot of people like I watched this as a kid and it just brought back memories. Exactly. Right. And I think the early nineties had this weird kind of affinity for these small Pennsylvania kind of hokey all shucks towns. Like you look at like Groundhog's Day where it's like these towns that kind of change people. Mm, middle America. Yeah, just, you know, everyone knows you at the restaurant, everyone's drinking coffee, help out your neighbor, that cutesy-wootsy kind of, I don't know why the early 90s, I don't know, Clinton era or anything like that. I have no idea. Why am I even saying anything? But No, you're on the right track. I think oh, so. Okay, cool. <laughs> but um, I did, go ahead. No, I just, as you say, I don't think this movie really aged well. No, this is uh, very early 90s. A few things in there that kind of stood out. Um, I think it's a 100% white cast. Ooh, that's not great. Yeah, and they dropped the R word a couple times in there too. Oh yeah, the mentally challenged cop, which yeah, not, some not questions for, too. Not good for twenty twenty. No, and then you had the uh, store clerks who were deputies for some reason. Very strange. Clovis. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really weird name. I know. <laughs> and also, I didn't like if if I liked Sarah Collins, you know, the banker who was whose father was the criminal. I thought she was sucked. She was boring. Sarah. Wait, what's the girl's name from Terminator? Sarah Connors. <laughs> oh, Connors, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, if it's Linda Hamilton, I'd be scared out of my mind. No, 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 just the just the character's name. Yeah, Sarah Connors. Come with me um, if you want to live. <laughs> yeah, so her lead, or the female lead, what, what was her name? Sarah Collins. Oh, I mean, the actress is Magic? Shelley Johnson from Twin Peaks, is how I know. No, from Twin Peaks, yeah, okay. She was good in that. I, her performance here was terrible, though. Really bad. I think it's the haircut. When you have that asexual to your shoulders kind of I'm half giving up on life haircut, it's not it's not a good look for, for being like the romantic lead in the movie. Mm, yeah, who I think her and Nick Cage met earlier that day, right? Does this all take place on Christmas Eve? Is this one day? Is this a one day movie? I think it's a 24 hour thing, kind of. When they get to paradise, it's Christmas Eve. And do they make it to Christmas? It seems like they stay there for more than one day. Actually, I guess they don't. I don't really ever see them sleep, do you? I think the brothers leave Christmas Day. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I think they leave Christmas Day. So basically, he falls in love with this girl 24 hours and stays there in paradise. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's how the movie has to end. Yeah, yeah. You really can't do anything So the else. movie hits all the beats. Like, if you needed to... If you needed to guess what the next scene was or what was going to happen next, reaction-wise, you could get 100 out of 100 right on a test. If the Coen brothers got their hands on the script would Ooh. It be a better movie yes that's i mean that's the understatement of the year yeah <laughs> if a drunk puppy got his hands on the script if you I and i got our hands on the script <laughs> oh yeah i'd be like nick just do whatever you want go nuts. Well, i think that's what david gallo did or George, George <laughs> so this is the strangest nick cage performance i think i've seen that said that on every podcast but this is the strangest one though because you can't ever peg down what he's trying to do with the character well, he's got these mini freakouts too. Every- liar, liar, pants on fire. Knows the size of a telephone wire. It's like, <laughs> well, what are you doing, buddy? It's like he's doing different performances, like three different movies at once. He'll, he's like a serious good guy. He's a Three Stooges character. And he's like a psychotic bank robber at some point. It's very, very strange. Maybe he wishes he was on SNL with the other guys. Ooh, he would have been great on SNL. He just goes for it. I would have liked to see that. What's the funniest it- Nick Cage performance? The funniest? Yeah. Oh, man. Hmm. Trapped in Paradise. 
<laughs> I know I, I really did like him in Moonstruck. Yeah, that's true. He is pretty fun, but it's he's playing it straight though. He's not like snapping right, jokes. He's not doing much. comedy, right? Hmm. All right, we'll think about it. We'll we'll get back to this on the next one because that's just going hmm for the next. I know <laughs> fifteen <laughs> seconds is not Good great. Podcasting. <laughs> um. I, well, I was going to ask you too, and this kind of goes along with this: is this his last comedy? But again, that might be a, a question for next week. God, he always takes himself seriously. That's the thing. Like it's com, it's it's never comedy that he's provoking or trying to come out it's just he's taking everything so seriously that you get to laugh at him and i'm not sure sometimes he's in on the joke and sometimes he's not but you gotta think this is two years before the rock rock comes out in 96 he wins the oscar the next year for leaving las vegas yeah yeah okay wow i didn't know he won an oscar for that he won best actor dude and then he (laughs) yeah isn't that crazy wow a year after this he became the best actor in the world so in 1994, he's only 30 years old. Does he look 30? Kind of. He's got that kind of like clay face. My face is leaking, but I'm not sure. Like he, I guarantee at 18, he looked 30. And well, yeah, I mean, look at Valley Girl. He looks like he's 29. Yeah. Yeah. And he's what in that movie? He's 19 years old. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So he's a, but... he's a very confusing guy to look I think that's why I like him too. We can just analyze his looks and be like, what are you? His age is the way he ages is different. It's like Benjamin Button almost. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he's done some plastic surgery at some point, <laughs> just getting weird with it. A lot of Botox. Yeah. But so, I mean, what, what would you say you rated this movie overall? Well, I mean, Roger Ebert gave it half star. <laughs> I know. That was, that was rough. what he said on this? No, I didn't read what he said. Uh, okay, so this the last line, he says, Trapped in Paradise should be preserved by the Library of Congress as an example <laughs> of creative desperation. It plays like a documentary about a group of actors forced to perform in a screenplay that contains not one single laugh, a moment of wit, or flash of intelligence, or reason for being. Holy that, <laughs> That's rough. <laughs> so does he have zero stars or is half his lowest? I think has got to be the lowest because this okay. is. I was like, this should be negative stars. This is the worst rating I've ever read from Roger Ebert. So, I mean, what are we going on a ten out of ten score? Or out yeah, of Roger Ebert's. I don't know, five, five and a half. I'll give it a three. I'll, I'll, an enjoyable three and a half. I because I, I actually enjoyed. It. I, I laughed. It was funny. It's McDonald's. It's like I ate a Big Mac and I feel gross. Yeah, but you're enjoying the Big Mac while you're eating it. I think I'd rather have a Big Mac than watch this movie. <laughs> if someone said you can have a McDonald's dollar menu hamburger or watch this movie again, I'd be like, give me that delicious hamburger. How <laughs> moving on. <laughs> where where do you where do you put this in Christmas movies? Are you big into Christmas movies? So for the eighties movie podcast I'm doing, Buzz yeah. in the Tower, uh, yeah. we're doing an advent calendar for the twenty-four days of December. So I've looked up, I've watched all like, I've watched 25 of the best Christmas movies from uh, the 80s. And actually most of the best Christmas movies are from the 80s, oddly. So Scrooged, love it. Uh, Christmas Story, adore it. Uh, But I mean, the winner for everyone, and it's crazy because I'm on social media now trying to figure out, you know, how to post and how to get people's attention. People love National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation more than anything. My favorite. It brings it's, everything. It's not, it's, it's not my like my favorite Christmas. It's my favorite Christmas, favorite comedy. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, but like men, women, children, all ages, you know, all creeds, everybody, yeah. people adore that movie. And I get why too. It's a fantastic movie. So how do you wait? How do you rank the vacations? Uh, Christmas and then Vegas, 
then vacation, then European. I go interesting. I go Christmas. Not many people, not many people like the Vegas vacation. But I, I liked it. I go Christmas, yeah. European, regular Vegas, but I like Vegas. Vegas was actually the first vacation movie that I watched. I mean, that's when I remember the most. Yeah, if Nick Cage was in it, that'd be fun. Ooh. He could play the uh, the Wayne Knight or what is it? Is it Wayne Newton? Yeah, Wayne Newton. Wayne, Wayne Newton. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know some <laughs> schlocky kind of uh, Vegas singer. So okay, so I'm I'm glad we did this though. This is our first terrible one, and it's it was fun to talk about. Yeah. So I I have a little bit of a follow up question. Moving away from Trapped in Paradise. Okay. Uh, going back to what last week, Valley yep. Girl. Yep. And it kind of puts this all together. And I'm asking you, could Charlie Sheen play some of these roles? Could Charlie Sheen have played uh, whatever the kid's name, whatever his name was in Valley Girl? I think so. That character is... Could Charlie Sheen play Bill Furpo? No. Well, he played better. So Charlie Sheen is actually a good actor. Yeah. And like, he's not all over the place when he's acting. He's fan- I actually just watched Young Guns today. Nice. And just cool as a cucumber, fun. Wall Street, you know, the range of emotions of going up and down and all that kind of stuff. Red Dawn, all the emotion he's got going. Major League. Charlie Sheen is like, if you give Nick Cage Lexapro every day, you know, he's like, he's antidepressant Nick Cage where he's even all the time. Yeah. So well, that's what makes Nick Cage Nick Cage. So, yeah. So, because Nick Cage just goes for it. He's just like, screw it. We're doing it. It's like, no one asked for you to yell in the scene. He's like, shut up. Film me. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. And the next scene, he's subdued and just quiet. And you're like, what is, what is going on in your brain, buddy? And clearly there's a lot. So, yeah, Charlie Sheen is, like I said, yeah, he's Diet Coke, Nick Cage. Diet Coke? Yeah. Diet Coke with more Coke, maybe. I mean, well, yeah, but off stage. <laughs> I mean, think about how calm he was on Two Men and a Baby or Two Men, Two and a Half Men. There you go. Two and a Half Men. <laughs> yeah. Three Men and a Baby is the one I'm thinking of. That's an entirely, that's Tom Selleck. We were just yeah. bouncing all over. So what do you think for the next Nick Cage movie? I mean, we can stick with the holidays or if we're going to keep this running, we can do his other holiday movie next year. But what are you thinking? If I had to say, be family, man. Um, God, I hate that movie. I know, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed. Uh, well, have you seen we, Bringing Out the Dead? Should we do a newer, newer one? Have you seen Bringing Out the Dead? It's Martin Scorsese and... Oh, oh no. Right, exactly. No, I haven't seen it. And I haven't seen it either. Okay. And it's an, he's an EMT. He can't sleep. And it's super weird. This is going to be great to watch in the middle of watching our Christmas movies. Yeah, it'll break things up. It'll make yeah. you question your reality. All right, cool. So we got through our first terrible one. We are no longer trapped in paradise. Uh, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty were they really Were they really trapped? Well, apparently there was no snow because it had to look like it was snowing. And they used like thousands of pounds of confettied potatoes to make it look like it was snow all around. No one of the cast hated making this. What? No one of the cast like hated making this movie. Yeah. I mean, well, it's like if your director checks out and isn't even directing, you kind of just lose all focus, I would think. Yeah. But if you have Nicolas Cage directing your movie. That's true. You're just hanging out. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, when the inmates are running the asylum, I think everything just goes to crap. Hmm. But I guess, but it, it led to two friends talking about a Christmas movie. So they so one final note on this. Okay. Um, and stay with me here. Okay. But the theme I read is the three wise men. <laughs> <laughs> Basically three brothers 
that steal from themselves, but then complete change of heart and then give back to the people. They give back all the money. So it's kind of a loosely based on the three wise men. Gag me with this boon. Just no, no nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess, sure, whatever. But like, man, that's like saying, I don't know, like the ABCs is based on the Bible. It's like, what? Yeah, that's what I was like saying last week that uh, Valley Girl is based on Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> well, apparently, I mean, I guess in Greek mythology or like Greek writings, there's six kinds of stories that are being told, and you can basically trace every modern entertainment, theater production, movie, TV show to these six genres of Greek uh, plays that were told in like, you know, BC times. That's an interesting discussion. Yeah, we'll have that sometime. Yeah. No, we won't. I mean, we're talking about Nick Cage movies. We're not getting that deep. Yeah, well, maybe in a couple of years ago. Yeah, we'll get better. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, and I, I've got to tell you, um, you've gained another listener to your podcast. Who, your wife? No, my mom. <laughs> oh. No. Hi, mom. Keep walking on that treadmill. Mrs. Stefan, yay! <laughs> she loves it. All right, cool. Well, nothing cuter than shouting out a mom after a Christmas podcast. So let's end it there. She likes it. <laughs> <laughs> Later, Andrew. Say, thanks, Max. Bye.